When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing The Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Sup, fellas? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, lady fellas. It's The Corner Booth Podcast. We are back, and all three of us are here today. Mark and Kevin are both here. We've got a big show, actually, in the middle of the summer. We got to talk Russ not being a, th- a part of the Thunder anymore. It still makes me twitch a little bit. We have CP3. What the hell is going to happen with his career? Uh, Spurs got a new coach, and we got a lot of NFL stuff to talk today. Plus, Kevin's got some weird shit involving Charles Barkley. I'm excited for it. I really am. So let's get rock and rolling. What's on tap? Fellas, first off, Russell Westbrook was traded to the Houston Rockets a few weeks back. We really didn't talk about it because we were all on vacations, various, and being away. But now you have all these dynamic duos, and now Harden and Westbrook, if only there were two basketballs on the same court. What do you guys think? Kevin, I'll let you start. I think think it's going to go one of two ways. Either the Rockets are going to win the finals – and it's going to be amazing. Whoa. It's going to be one of the best backcourts we've ever seen. Or. Or they're going to literally get into a fight game one, <laughs> both break each other's arms, miss half the season, and the Rockets miss the playoffs. <laughs> it's going to be hysterical, and I also can't wait. If that doesn't happen, when they're both at nine assists, just passing the ball back and forth to each <laughs> other to try and get the tenth assist for a game-winning shot. Does it count as assist if you throw it off the backboard to yourself and then? No, counts as a rebound though. I was gonna say because Russ will be all about that. Well, those were complete polar. You weren't kidding. Like it's that was yeah. two ways for you. The Kevin. only There's thing no... I could have seen a bit worse is if if they traded in one of the mid season. Well, I don't think that will happen because Daryl Morley Daryl Morey loves superstars. Yeah, he loves superstars. Um. I we all know my stance on Russell Westbrook. I uh, I think it's gonna I 100. I think it's gonna work better than the CP3 era because like CP3 is really good with the ball and creating like plays and pa- like his passing and stealing, but Russ can get to the basket like at will. So like I mean as much as they both need the ball, Russ isn't gonna be like standing around the top of the key and just trying to create a shot like that. He's going to be getting to the basket and when Harden can just stay around the paint because he's, I mean, he perimeter can even. when he wants to. Yeah, that's what I meant, the perimeter. So, I mean, I think it's going to work out better, but... I mean, it worked out okay in Oklahoma City when they had another superstar share of the ball. Yeah, so. but that was also when they had KD and Harden and Ibaka and Steven Adams. Well, not Steven Adams yet, but like either way, is shooting from... That team was just stacked at a young age, whatever. I just don't like. I still think that the problem is that Harden is going to score 50 and maybe lose a game, and Russ is going to score, get a triple double, and they're they might win the game. Like they're like the, only them two with Gordon and um, I can't even name like uh, Capella. Like I said, they should be really good. They should make the finals probably. I don't know, but it's Russ, and I think he, they're just going to choke and lose to like the Lakers or the Clippers. Uh, personally, or the, or the Nuggets. Oh God! Just shut up, Mark. <laughs> your hate, your hater is showing. Uh, I was pretty generous there. That so I want to understand what just giving it away is for you because that might actually be saying Russ is a decent player. But to me, really? I look at this as I like what you're saying about the, the difference between the two of them. They're so yin and yang with their styles. Russ is so intense and aggressive and very about attacking the basket. And Harden's very laid back and, you know, shoot three-pointers and, you know, like try to just hit shots. And they're even their, their signature is different. Like Harden will try to drop 50 on you, but Russ will just try to get a triple-double. I almost think it could work. 
I don't think they're going to win the finals, but I can still see them like, work. absolutely thumping a Golden State team the first, in like the second round. Yeah, as they should when there's just Steph and maybe Clay and Draymond. Like that's you should and well and D'Lo if he's still there. D'Lo's gonna be gone by the deadline. Let's be honest here. But like I'm saying is like if they don't win the finals with like if this year or next year, then it's a failure again. And that's what the problem is with this whole like win now thing. Like, can we just talk about how like Daryl Morey is like the most overrated like GM in basketball? Like seriously. Like I I honestly See, like, I can't like, believe he got rid of that contract. I can't believe the Thunder took it. I'm just like, he probably like bribed the Thunder and Billy Donovan with so much crap. They're like, we cannot ignore this. Well, they didn't even get that much of Thunder. I know. That's the craziest thing is it's not like. Um, I think uh, Maury just has dirt on the Thunder front office and he blackmailed them into taking Chris Paul. Like, hey, you're going to accept this trade or else I'm going to release this incriminating information about all of you. Or the Thunder were just so sick and tired of Russell Westbrook. They were like, you know what? We'll oh, take on Chris Paul's contract. No, but on a serious note about Russ, I got in a huge argument with my two buddies about this because they also hate that I'm a Russ hater. Um, I think, like, I, Russell Westbrook is a top five talent in the NBA. Easily. Like, really, really good at basketball. Like, Can we, like, much, get that in writing? I, dude, I say it every time. That's why I hate him. If he like you, it pisses me off how good he is and how good he can be, and he's so stuck in his own freaking head that he can't either not shoot when he shoots twenty percent or thirty percent from three, or he can't just give up the ball. Like yeah, he's a great distributor because he has the ball ninety five percent of the time. Like you have to give up the ball at least ten times, and you might get a freaking ten assists out of it. Like, that's why I get so frustrated with him because he's so good and he just can't. Like he had Paul George. And they still couldn't get out, out of the first round. Like, it just makes me so mad because he is so good and he can't get to the next step. And then he just <laughs> complains about complains about how, oh, he's all talk and all show until they lose. And then he's like, next question, next question. That's why I get frustrated because he is so good, but he's just kind of a B word. Masters or what? A, I, I thought we were being nice about the cursing. We he's are being bitch. nice about no, it. No, I just didn't hear you. A what word? The B word. <laughs> Okay. All right. I just think, you know, like we could see some interesting stuff. I like, I almost like this combination the more and more I think about it. But moving on, the other side of this trade was uh, Chris Paul. Now, this is so strange to me because one, that contract is god awful. And two, there's nothing in Oklahoma City. It's just Stephen Adams and a bunch of role players. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, huh. <clears throat> I, but I don't know where he would go. Who would take him? Who I don't know who uh, can take him. That's unless Oklahoma City says, listen, we'll eat like a third of this contract if you give us a draft pick for him. Well, they're going to have to because he's not going to play. He, I mean, unless he, Oklahoma City just bites the – I don't see them. I'm, I mean, I was talking to Kevin about this with Russell Westbrook, but even with Chris Paul, like – I could even see my Wolves eating about two-thirds of that contract for a draft pick and taking him because they need a point guard desperately. So, like, I could see that happening or another team in that similar situation. But, like, unless the Thunder are willing to eat at least a third of that contract, there's no way in hell he's getting moved. Well, that's what I'm saying. But they might have to because I don't think Chris Paul will step on the court. I just, it just, it just, I just don't think – yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I just don't see him – walking on the court in that orange and blue. It just doesn't seem like a career move he would make, especially with no help around him. What are your thoughts, Kevin? I think he has some help. I think that – I think Oklahoma City is going to be better than people expect them to be. So instead of 15 wins, they get 20 wins. Instead of 15 wins, they're going to be an eighth seed. Whoa. Whoa. Steven Adams is a solid player still, defensive center. He can play some offense. Can we get this in writing, please? We it's, have it in recording. It's yeah, it's more, recording. It's 2019, it, it, dude. Danilo Gallinari can contribute with Shea, um, Shea yeah. Gil Gius Gil, Alexander. Gil Gius Alexander, yeah. Okay, I forgot sorry. they got him through uh, the Clippers. Yeah, he could be a good help. He could be good help off the bench. Andre Roberson playing defense. Dennis Schroeder. Or Sh- I don't know. Sh- either way. Okay. I don't know. People pronouncing some of these names is weird. I think they could be good. 
or if they do decide to trade him, I think the Suns are a good option for Chris Paul at this point. They just got Ricky Rubio, though. I don't think they're going to try to double up the point guard. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ricky Rubio. He's such a good point guard. But it's the Suns. They wouldn't double up on a point guard, especially Devin Booker's lucrative contract. And they just paid Rubio a shit ton of money to be useless. See, I feel like the Thunder would be good in the East. They're kind of like a Nets team that's going to be young, and if they can just play around some, like, some just competitive, like, games and just make it to the playoffs. But in the, in the West, dude, there's no way. We were just talking about the Pelicans sneaking in the playoffs with Zion and them, and, like, that's a stretch. Like, I would with, even take I would even take uh, Andrew Wagonless Timberwolves over the fucking Thunder right now. Let's be honest here. So I think the Timberwolves would take an Andrew Wing- Wigginsless <laughs> Timberwolves. <laughs> In so any you know what's gonna be hilarious, Kevin? The amount of crap you have given him this off season, I would laugh my ass off if he has an All Star season this year. I doubt it's well, gonna you're happen. You're gonna keep because he's not gonna have an All Star season. If he does, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong, but I'm not wrong up to this I'm point. I'm just literally hoping the fact that he has a he's a father now that this guy actually realizes like I actually have to be competitive and not be a pussy. Oh, sorry. Dude, he's fine. He's gonna he's just like Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes just got paid. A great contract again, just to be Harrison Barnes. Just the name got him paid, and Wiggins will get paid by some other team like eighty million dollars just to be Andrew Wiggins. Although, did you guys see on Twitter the video today of him and Ben Simmons destroying Ben Simmons? <laughs> ben Simmons probably called him uh, overpaid something, and he just went right at him. Like I miss the back. I miss like before the Jimmy Butler days when Wiggins would just dunk on guys like Gobert like it was a, like it was a joke. Well, yeah, because that was like, oh, wow, look at Andrew Wiggins. And then it's like, oh, wait, that's all he can do is just be athletic but not actually take over a game or something like that. I mean, at least, at least, at least he didn't get – he never got the huge contract, did he? His contract's not great. I mean – He got his second just contract. Got paid didn't max him, but they threw him a buttload of money. Not, it's not as bad. It's not as even as close as big as Towns' contract is, but like it's big. He's paid more than like a lot of players who I would rather have than him. But anyway, we're talking too much about Andrew Wiggins, and that's just depressing. Um, we're watching this video of him. Like, wh- where's this at? I feel like he never does this. Who knows? Maybe he's turned over a new leaf. Like, look at this. Like, he actually just takes over like good for him like actually try maybe you know maybe he finally got the counseling he needed to get over when jimmy butler spent an entire season just putting him in a locker or he's playing i don't know who else he's playing other than simmons i guess there were no i guess there were a few nba guys but like the two noteworthy ones were him and simmons yeah i see tristan thompson too yeah well the only reason he's not worthy is because he knocked up a kardashian and then cheated on her. Dude, that vid- I love that that uh, the gift that went around or the vine that went around when there's like when the Brotherhood found out that Tristan Thompson cheated and everyone's like it's the injury with Gordon Hayward and everyone's like oh no <laughs> it's, just, it's wild <laughs> my favorite videos in the world. All right, uh, last NBA nugget here. Uh, Tim Duncan will be brought on as an assistant coach for the Spurs. Um. I like it. I love Tim Duncan. He's one of the greatest power forwards of all time, possibly the greatest. Probably is the greatest. And uh, yeah, I just it's good to see him back near a basketball court with Pop because Pop probably going to retire in like two years and he's going to make Tim Duncan the head coach. Fifty bucks says that's what happens. You think Tim would want to take that over though? Like as uh, much as I like think it makes sense. That's a lot. He's the type that would be a coach. Oh, I know that. I know he'd want to be a coach, but like to be with the Spurs and like if they like it almost hurts his legacy a little bit even though what he did on the court's completely different than whatever he does in coaching but if he like takes over the Spurs and then they like end up just kind of sucking for I mean as long as he's not as bad as Isaiah Thomas I don't think it'll hurt his legacy that much you know, that's also the Knicks problems but uh <laughs> I, I don't know how good Duncan will be as a coach he's the type though like this is why KG would never be a coach or Kobe they have no patience Duncan's whole game was about patience and fundamentals. I think he has too much patience. Like, look at Pop. Look at Brad Stevens. Look at a lot of coaches. Like, even the more quiet ones, like Brad Stevens and Pop, you still see them get energetic and yelling on the sidelines. Oh, I've seen Tim Duncan. You go back to the old school Tim Duncan before, like, Kawhi got there. 
he was uh, he was not like vicious, but he would like get in rough spaces and stuff. It wasn't like that Kevin Garnett level, but he had enough firepower where it wouldn't be like I was just a complete pushover. I just think Duncan's gonna be one of those soft spoken coaches who just gets it done. I just I think it could be a good mix. He just seems like a coach to me. I just can't picture him on the sidelines just towering every single coach that he shakes hands with. I mean, I get that there's coaches that are in the, have played, and I feel like he's Except just for so like big. Except for, like, that one year he coached, I think, with, like, what, Charlotte or some shit? Yeah. I mean, did he do the Knicks at all? Maybe. I don't know. I know he's at like an assistant Georgetown. Like the Knicks for yeah. a little I'm sure. Either way, I think I'm, I'm just hyped because you get to see more Tim Duncan. I think he's a pretty – he's like – he's kind of the – Tim Duncan's, like – was actually really good, won championships, but he's the, I would say, I don't know, this might piss some people off, but he's the Pey- Peyton Manning of basketball. Not in regard of, like, he was only good for a regular season, but, like, everyone loves Tim Duncan and his, like, quirkiness and his jokes. Now he's got the sick hairdo. I don't know. I'm, I'm all about more Like Tim the Duncan. Chris Bosh knockoff kind of thing with the slicked back dreads. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but he's got, like, gray in it. It's pretty badass. It, it it looks interesting. Like I've never seen it before, something like that before. But yeah, no, I kind of I'm I'm up all for it. Now we switch to the gridiron. I I love it how the one sport that's going on right now we're not talking about. But Tyreek Hill, folks, um, Friday everyone got the update. Um, he got off, no charges. The NFL will not suspend him, no discipline, nothing. Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is back. <laughs> Tyreek Hill is back, and now the Chiefs thinking about extending him. I saw they might trade him. If they yeah, can't extension. That whole situation, man, is just so screwy. Like, there's video, not like not like visual video, but there's audio recording of like him saying some stuff that kind of sounds a little sketchy about his kid and and if his it's kid acts up. It's disturbing. It's not sketchy. It's disturbing. I was yeah. like, I was, I was like amazed he did, he got off. Well, they, the Chiefs legitimately drafted a receiver that was supposed to replace him because he was like this quick dude from, I think, Georgia or wherever he's from. But uh, the whole, like I said, the whole situation, the NFL will never get one of these right. Oh, they, no. They just won't. Because, I mean, there's a policy supposedly for six weeks of this, and if you uh, and then if you do it again, you're done for good. I get that the charges were dropped, but, like, I don't know. Like I was talking to a buddy who was who like who was following. I think he is a Chiefs fan. He was like, the problem is like the girlfriend. Like there was a lot of like discrepancies in her story, and she kept like I think she kept changing it or lying or something around those lines. I'm not completely sure because like every time you go to a story, all you see now is about like oh, Hill's off. What's next for Tyreek Hill? It, I don't think it's like Greg Hardy where I swear to God Greg Hardy probably threatened this woman's life and that's why she stopped talking, but. Well, didn't she like I walk out if, with uh, of the whatever court hearing or whatever with like holding Tyreek Hill's hand, or is that some <laughs> other story? I'm pretty sure she was like with him, like was end up being like on his side or something. I don't know. It was weird. Look, if there it was just a lot of this allegedly happened, and there was no other proof, no recording, no audio, and they didn't suspend him, I would get that. That'd be like, well, you can't just suspend a guy based off what a general possible kind of thing that happened which is a very weird way to say that but <laughs> with the audio recording it is very clear that he did something he shouldn't have and i'm not saying he should have been suspended for a season or even half a season but four games saying hey you can't do stuff like this when you're playing in the nfl and you certainly have to suspend him to show that the nfl takes potential domestic abuse situations more seriously than they're taking Mar- smoking marijuana or having a general knowledge of deflated footballs. Well, and uh, being a Tom Brady fan about this, like it's just objectively ridiculous where the NFL's priorities are, and it gives a bad look for the NFL, and it's a bad message for all the NFL's players and all potential NFL players. Well, like Adrian Pearson, didn't he get suspended for whipping his kid? Yeah, yeah, and like Tyreek Hill in the audio pretty much like says that he like, ripped up his son or did whatever. So, I mean, and, like, it's just the other thing about NFL that's crazy. Like, Abdul Herrera for the Phillies. Well, not really Phillies anymore. He, like, got suspended the rest of the season for supposable domestic violence and then just came out just the same thing that there was no more charges. He's dismissed. Case is dismissed. Like, nothing's going on. But he still has to sit out the rest of the season. 
and he can't play for any club. Like it, it, the NFL, man, it's just like, oh, he was just almost getting uh, accused for domestic violence. Maybe he didn't do anything. It doesn't help that he has like prior um, instances where that happens. But yeah, he's good to go. Go to training camp. Now they're talking about maybe contract ex- like the contract extension talks right away is bad. Yeah, does not uh, like. I think the Chiefs were try- hoping that they got enough good graces for releasing Kareem Hunt after his in- incidents. So like, maybe no one will talk about how we're trying to extend this guy right after it came out that he wasn't getting suspended. Yeah, but I understand the trade talks, too, just because it's still open, I think the case is, right? I think it's still open. So, I mean, something can come back up, and I could see midway through the season, like, the real shit comes out, and he's just like, well, Tyreek Hill has been banned from the NFL. I don't know, but either way, I mean, for all football purposes, I'm not too mad because he's electric, but other than that, he's kind of a piece of shit, it seems like. No, no, it's just just not a great situation. All right, finally, before we get into Kevin's weird stuff in sports, we're going to talk about the NFC today. We're not going to do a record-by-record preview. That will be the week me and Kevin return from Martha's Vineyard with with our family and friends. Um, probably mid-August we'll do it. Once, like, you know, games started coming out and stuff like that, we'll, like, give Mark some time to prepare because I brought it up today and Mark was like, what, what, you're going to make us do this now? Absolutely. I'm not I mean, it's a some... valid point. Thank you. I, I know, I know. I still busting Mark's balls, dude. Come on. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do agree, though. Like, I want some time to actually pick records, too. Even though I did say the Bears are going to go 8-8, eight and eight, I thought David was going to shoot me. Mm. <clears throat> The, the least biased Bears fan of all time. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do NFC today because I swear I could not stand any more Patriots Chiefs talk today. Sorry, Kevin. Um, well, that's, that's next fine. week. We'll do that next Monday right before me and Kevin and our friends leave for the Vineyard. But, uh, yeah, so first off, we're going to start with the NFC West. We're going to go Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and they have the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Niners. Fellas, this division is just... Rams, then everything else. Like, I, I kind of look at it like, are we going to finally get the 49ers we've been told are going to be good for the next five years? Or are we going to get the Seahawks? And is Kyler Murray going to survive? That's that's what I see look go, going for for headlines of the teams. You got it, Kevin. I think it's, it's the Rams division to lose. I think the Cardinals are still a long way off from being competitive, even with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to do fine in the NFL, but I think he's two, three years away at this point. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get injured somehow three weeks in and be out for the season like he tends to do. And the 49ers are never going to reach the peak that people thought they would when they traded for him. They did have a great offseason, though, man. Like, oh, my. They always do, it seems like. And then they just hurt and— Last offseason, it was a big deal that they got Richard Sherman, and that didn't work out very well. I mean, he still played great. It's just like he, they were never in games. Yeah, he played great, but it didn't – I mean, for the team, it didn't work out well because yeah. overall they didn't do well. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, I'm actually going to flip this around a little bit after Mark goes. We're gonna, I'm going to – like, I'll let you guys kind of – we'll all kind of say our thoughts, but I'll start off the division. I'll break down. I'll go by team, headline, team, headline, team, headline, team, headline, like kind of like a joking kind of headline, and then we'll talk about it. So, Mark, what do you got? Um, this division is going to be uh, one to watch. I think. I think this could be a, a two-team, like two teams out of this make the playoffs. I could see the Rams for sure. They should run the division, but who knows it's football? And, and unless you're the Patriots, you're not guaranteed anything. Uh, Seattle, I think, is actually going to have a, a mess up this year because you know Russ just got paid. I mean, I still feel like their offensive line doesn't really do it. Um, I don't know. I feel like everyone's just kind of like, oh, Russ got paid. They're fine. They're just going to do it again. When in reality, last year, they shouldn't have been in 10-6. and They ended up just winning some games they weren't supposed to. And I think and I hope that the 49ers finally do it because I like Shanahan. I like John Lynch. I don't not like Garoppolo. Um, I like to see – like I like football when, like, when Alex Smith and uh, Vernon Dave – What? I love Matt Burrito. Yeah, like I'm, I just like they're a likable team – um, I liked when Alex Smith and Vernon Davis were like making moves in the playoffs and won the Super Bowl that year. Like I like when the 49ers are good. I just I don't know what it is, but I think that they end up taking the wild card and that like making the the playoffs through the wild card. And I think the Cardinals are going to be 
not good, but they're not going to be like three and thirteen like they were last year because they have weapons other than their offensive line. So, I mean, as long it's as not Kyler a bad can... team, if you put them in a seven on seven drill, yeah, yeah. yeah. I also right. think Russell Wilson is a better version of Mark Sanchez. Whoa! Whoa! There's a, there's my hot take. That is all right, Kevin. Is that your weird shit you're supposed to be saying? Because no, what that's is my hot that? take for the day. Because that is one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Hear me out. Hear me out. When Russell, like most quarterbacks, when Russell Wilson had a great running game, the team did very well. But when they took away the running game, Russell Wilson has really struggled, but the team has not found success. And that's why I said the better version. It was the same thing with uh, Mark Sanchez with the Jets. When they had a solid running game, they made it to -to back-to-back AFC championship games. And then they put more pressure on Mark Sanchez, like, we're going to pass the ball more. And then they sucked. But the difference is yeah, Russell Wilson Seattle's never sucked on passes a year or two ago. And Seattle hasn't sucked, and they have had a pretty shitty team compared to. Seattle like, has gone no worse than eight and eight, even without running game. I don't know. That's just a tough take because I understand Sanchez. They did go back to that back AFC Championships. I just mean like, it's a similar situation. I phrased it poorly. I don't mean that Russell Wilson's as bad as Butt Fumble himself. It's a similar situation though. Without a running game, this team cannot succeed. Well, it doesn't help that they had, like, a decent running game last year, but, the, like, their offensive line, like, that is one of the things that, for some reason, that organization just never wants to worry about. But, I don't know. No, because Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson can run the ball, so they're like, oh, we don't have to – he can just run away. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah, I, I, right. I, I got to take a deep breath. All right, fellas, north or south, take your pick. South. All right. I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't hate I we are the I'm so tired of we're the North or whatever so we just go south. Oh my God I hate that. All right so uh, Carolina Panthers can Cam actually do it again? Um, the Panthers coming off their usual every other year being absolute garbage and muscle muscles McCaffrey are they going to be a solid team? Then you have the Falcons where their headline is no injuries no problems they uh, got all their boys back except for Tuvin Coleman. And are they going to be relevant again, or are they just going to fall off the map after their Super Bowl choke job? Then we have the Saints still drinking them tears. Um, they still can't get over themselves, and I swear to God, Alvin Kamara's mark is way too high on him for rushing yards this year. And then finally, we have Tampa Bay sucking ears. Yeah, they're going to be terrible. Don't think anything else of it. So, fellas, let's get to it. MC South. You oh. do say fellas a lot, by the way. Fuck off. <laughs> hey, watch the language. Beep. This is a kid's show. <laughs> Children. Mark, you can go. I'll, I'll let you take the lead. Dude, it, it is in, appalling to me how I can look at any division before the season starts and think, other than the NFC East, and think, wow, actually every team in this division has a chance. Like Except for the Buccaneers. No, because they got Bruce Arians, and I'm also some reason a – uh, Jameis Winston truther, even though he's never proved me right. You're so garbage. But Johnny like better. Maybe who knows? I mean, he could be, but for some reason, I just I've been a fan of Winston ever since Florida State. But I think I, I think that the Panthers do go back to what they did. But then you're like, oh wait. But then the Falcons are going to be in their way because if the Falcons are healthy, they're a really good team. But then you're like, oh wait, the Saints are still like if. Like you think that their downfalls this year, and I'm like, well, shit, I think they're just going to come over and stomp everybody. So, like, not everyone can be well, good in this. The Saints don't have the defense anymore. They didn't really lose anything. But they didn't get any better. And they're well, they got they, worse after their first year, but I still well, think they have the some problem. Like, Yes, they have an okay, so they have a decent secondary, but the problem is their entire front their front seven relies on Cam Jordan too much. Well, didn't they just get a couple other guys this offseason on their defense? Like minor side? dudes, but it's not like enough where I'm going to be like, oh, great, now they're a load of defense. I'm just – I think this division is literally going to come down to who erupts from this Mad Max Fury Road three-team duel that it's going to erupt between those three teams that we mentioned before besides the second ears. Um, I literally think it's going to be – like Saints finish nine and seven, ten and six. The Falcons finish nine and seven, eight and eight, and the Panthers are seven, nine, eight and eight. And you're like looking at these teams that just like beat the living. All of them have like four and two, three and three division records, and they're just getting the crap beat out of each other by each other. So that's I, what I'm saying. It could be like that, or like you said, injuries always kind of yeah, mess things that's up. What, this is this is saying that there's going to be no injuries. 
This could be the Saints. They do all this bitching and then they and then they they get hurt. I, I yeah, like everyone gets hurt and they go like three and thirteen. And I'm just sitting there, just trying. I'm not trying. I'm not laughing at the injuries. I'm just laughing at Saints fans. I think that it's going to come down. I don't think the Panthers are going to do well. Uh, my concern is Christian McCaffrey is going to do the same thing that Amari Cooper did. He put on too much weight, loses some quickness, and he can't produce the same amount. I think it's going to come down to the Saints and the Falcons, and they're not going to rely on their defense. They're just going to try and outscore everyone. And I think both teams can do that. I think Atlanta with Julio, Freeman, and Calvin Ridley can put up more points than any team in this league if all three of them stay healthy with Matt Ryan. And then the Saints with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, even without Mark Ingram, is still a terrifying offense to try and stop. Yeah, but the, the Panthers were 6-0 and until I started picking them last year. I know, Mark, so you're going to pick them every single game this year. Yeah, pick them every game so I can be right. But I'm also, like, I also don't hate Cam, and it's just, I don't know. I, I think I if I had to, like, my hot take of this is that the Falcons healthy still suck. I think Quinn is had – they had their run. They got hurt all last year. I think Matt Ryan kind of starts to fall off, and then Coach Quinn gets fired after this year because – that's my I, – I just they're just a boring team, even with Julio, even with uh, – what's it called? Devontae Freeman, who never stays healthy. I don't know. I just I just don't see them doing it. I don't know. Maybe because last year they kind of just – like I said, got hurt and it didn't look as good. But I just think the Panthers and Cam have to do it. And I'll be done with the Cam, and I'll be done with Jameis after this year. All right. Uh, NFC North. All right. Uh, first off, the Green Bay Packers. No pack, no – uh, I don't think they're going to actually be that good. I think they're going to be a 9-7 and seven team at best. You have barely weapons besides Devontae Freeman. And okay. I swear to God that defense got way overhyped for, like, what lack of, like, star power they have. I think it could be a solid team. Like, they're going to be in games like 21-21 kind of games, but they're going to end up losing because he can just double cover Freeman and Rodgers going to have to make things happen. Also, LaFleur's offense was so boring last year. It was, hey, Marcus Mariota, hand it to, Devo- to, to, to freaking uh, Derrick Henry. Henry. So, I, I mean, I'm not sold. I'm really not. Um, you have the Lions. What? Wah, wah, wah. Actually, I don't know what the hell. No, I'm going to change it to, what the hell's going on out here? The old Vince Lombardi quote, because I don't know. They could be good this year. I like their roster. But I don't know what's going on. So I don't know. Is Matt Patricia actually a good coach or is he just a frat boy with a Belichick system? Um, then you have the Bears. The, eh, Bears. They're going to slide back to mediocrity. Um, and then finally you have the Minnesota Vikings. The Cousins heist continues. Um, first off, Kevin, what you got for me on this? Oh, first off, I think the Detroit Lions didn't need, like, a joke headline. The Detroit Lions are the joke headline. <laughs> but I think, like you said, I've been high on the Bears with that defense. I think Mitch will make a step forward in the right direction. But even if you're right and they are just eh, I think that's enough to win this division. I think if they go 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, they can win it. Detroit just can't have nice things at this point or any point, really, in the last 100 years. Uh, Green Bay can't do much with only Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And who knows, Aaron Rodgers might get hurt. He might start having a bitch fit again. And the Minnesota Vikings signing Kirk Cousins is probably the worst thing that franchise could have done. He doesn't like airing the ball out. And when you have Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, that's what they excel at. No, that's what Diggs excels at. Thielen excels because he loves the underneath routes. When he has insane hands. Yeah, but... He, yeah, he doesn't excel at it. I was wrong. But also, he should be doing better than with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. And he's doing well, but it's not enough to help them win. I think also, Kirk can Cousins, Dalvin Cook actually stay healthy, who Mike ranked as his number five running back, which I thought was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah. Until, it's the ranking, I don't know how those fantasy guys do it with the rankings and whatnot. Like, it is so hard to predict what a player's going to do. Especially I just literally looked season. at Mike and I said, you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Dalvin Cook was killing it before he tore his ACL, but I mean, that's all easy to say that the whole tore your ACL thing kind of changes everything. But 
Come on. I don't know, this, this division, again, like I said, it's so hard to look at divisions and be like, oh, well, this team, like, the Bears messed up last year by going 12 and 4. If they went like 10 and 6 or 11 and 5, I'd be like, oh, dude, Bears are going to be better this year. They're easily going to go like 12 and 4, maybe 13 and 3. But now it's like, I think they go maybe 11 and 5, 10 and 6 this year. I still think they win the division. I think the Packers come in second. I think it's like a, a battle. It's either, like, I'm going to go the route of Kevin here. It's either the Packers are really good and Aaron Rodgers just goes off, has MVP season, maybe make a run in the playoffs, or Aaron Rodgers breaks his leg and the whole team sucks. <laughs> like, that's literally, like, what the two outcomes I think could be. Because if Aaron Rodgers plays all season, I see them making the playoffs. Um, Detroit is going to be Detroit. They can get as many pieces as they want, but I don't – they need to do something. I don't know. Like I said, obviously – I never hated Stafford until I met Jared. Um, but I should have done my headline. Stafford is better than Luck. I don't take. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't really think he takes anybody to the promised land. And I don't think Kirk Cousins with that. Even like the the Vikings defense getting exposed last year is what worries me about them. So I even think they might. They're going to finish maybe third. I don't know, but I still think it's the Bears' division, and I think unless Trubisky falls off the face of the earth and does not do the MVP season as some belly up employees think um i think that we're gonna go from t- bottom to top here i think the vikings are gonna have the worst re- record in that division at seven and nine i think that it is going to just be the like mark said the defense getting exposed last year was the one thing as a redeeming factor because i don't think dalvin cook's that good in the pros i think he's just too injury prone his body he's too light for his running style and two Kirk Cousins is the be- it literally should negotiate everyone's contracts because that man literally just robbed the team of all of their money. And the uh, next up is the Green Bay Packers, who are going to finish 8-8 eight eight because I just do not see teams I, – I see the problems. I see this not working. They did not do enough on offense to help Rodgers, and just getting a new uh, offensive guy is not going to help. And number two – Possibly number one, depending on what the Bears do. I have the Detroit Lions. Now, bear with me here. Bear I'm, with you? Uh, hmm. Get it? Puns. <laughs> so, essentially, they have a good running back. I love on Johnson. I think he's a perfect fit with Theoretic for Matthew Stafford. Then you throw in the fact that they still have Marvin Jones, and they still have, K- Kadeem, they still have Galladay. I think they grabbed another guy in the offseason. Oh, yeah, Amendola. I think Amdol will fit okay in that system. I don't think he's not. I don't think he's a bad fit for that style of offense. He's a good slot guy to go with those two deep threat guys on the outside. I love Stafford uh, more than Locke. And that defense got better, and they still have one of the best corners in the league in Darius Slay. It's not like that team is bad. They just got screwed with injuries last year. They were in a lot of games, a lot of bad bounces. And they could easily make a run at this, especially if the Bears do what I think they're going to do. And take a monstrous midway step back, not like to below 500, but to mediocrity of being a six seed at best. Mr. Bisky has horrible reads, bad footwork, and relies too much on his physical ability. And unless he makes jumbo strides, teams are going to figure him out. And I'm sorry, the Bears defense had a lot of lucky turnovers last year. Yes, Khalil Mack is a monster, but... Do it again. Two years in a row. Prove me wrong. So I think the Lions could sneak out this division if the Bears really do start sliding away. Because I think the Lions have a solid roster. I think we're really discounting how good they actually could be. It's really all on Patricia and how he keeps us going. I have made them both silent because my pick has made them both flabbergasted. You know, um, you just talk a lot, and I didn't know if you were done. <laughs> no, I just. Uh, I'm announcing right now. Kevin Langley's have been officially removed as my co-host from the Corner Booth podcast. Yet he's still here. I'm, yeah. Kevin, don't worry. I've gotten that threat a lot. I've probably gotten that threat too. I just don't care. <laughs> now, when Mark threatens me with that, then I know it's serious. Well, it's my podcast, so. Mark and I will make our own podcast. Yeah, and it's going to suck. Who's going to be the lead? Neither of you. Didn't you we'll say you love it, anarchy? That's we'll true. We'll call it the corner booth, but we'll spell corner right because we <laughs> both finished sixth grade English. 
Wow. Kevin is just full on hot takes coming in with the heat no matter what. And it's okay. I'm gonna, you can call below the below the cart podcast because you guys are both too short to ride bumper cars. I'm, I'm probably, dude, you're like you're freaking five eleven. And a quarter. No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. Um, uh, tender, he's six feet. Yeah, on tender, I'm six foot. Um, next, uh, next up, finally, is the uh, main Mark's favorite division, the NFC East. So we'll go uh, last to first here. The New York Giants, no Odell, same Eli. Um, sorry, Saquon. <laughs> It could be different, Eli, if they start Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones, the savior nobody wants. Uh, the Washington Deadskins. There you go. Um, the Dallas Cowgirls. Amari, Zeke, Dak. Oh, my. Um, and the Philadelphia Eagles. The return of the king and DJX. So, first off, New York Giants are going to be Garbage. I honestly think they have a shot at the worst record in the league. I seriously do. Um, they, they are not going to score a bunch of points. It's literally going to be Saquon Barkley running for his life and an occasional touchdown catch by uh, their tight end, oh, whose name escapes me right now, the kid Evan out of Ingram. Ingram. Or Elvin, Evan Ingram, yeah. Or, um, or uh, Sterling Shepard occasionally, who's my friend's neighbor, which I find hilarious. But... Hey, Saquon will catch a touchdown pass or two. Yeah, it's true. But here's the thing. Daniel Jones was probably the worst draft pick of the draft. And Eli Manning is still the Manning. And you know, they're not going to play Jones because they're so afraid of pissing off the Mannings and pissing off New York for sitting Eli Manning. He's the truth. He'll bring us to the promised land. So, uh, yeah. Um, then we have the Deadskins. Um Dwayne Haskins was my second lowest rated quarterback in the top five, top six. Not a fan at all. I, um, I, his reads are bad. Yeah, he can throw the ball over the field, but he's, he's got the mobility of Nick Foles with a boot on his foot. And, uh, all their other draft picks were kind of just like, eh. And then you have Dallas. I think this contract problem with Zeke, Dak, and Amari is going to come to a head before the season starts, and I honestly would not rule out them trading one of them before trading Zeke before the season. It's a the fact that I've heard multiple shows bring it up now makes me think that it's almost a possibility. And the fact is they're going to overpay Dak so much money they won't be able to keep half their defensive guys either. Uh, and then Philadelphia, they plugged all the holes they had problems in last year. Carson Wentz is now completely healthy and Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Howard and Miles Saunders are going to be huge acquisitions and it'll show later in the year. Mark, uh, since you're a fellow Philly fan, I'll let you go next. What do you got? I'm going to try to sound less, uh, Philly bias when I'm talking about the NFC East. Um, so the giants, I have to, I know, but you could have, you could have been a little, uh, either way, the giants, they're going to be bad. I have to agree. They might uh, have the worst record in the NFL next year. Um, they'd be really dumb to start Daniel Jones in any type of meaningful games just because that town will absolutely boo the shit out of him or just, I don't know, just make him feel like an awful human being because they already don't really like him. And if he goes in there and sucks, like, in week six, that's just not going to be good. Um, you also could see Eli maybe getting uh, – I don't want everyone to wish injury upon somebody, but I feel like he never gets hurt. And I feel like if, if he's ever going to end in New York, it's because he's going to just break. So that'd be kind of interesting to see if Eli actually went down and Daniel Jones stepped in. The Redskins, I think, are going to be the typical Redskins where they they I think Haskins going to give a boost. That team actually doesn't have a lot. Like their the roster is not terrible. They picked up some good pieces on defense. I actually liked some of their draft picks. I don't mind Haskins. He's just I said, cocky. And, like, I didn't mind any of their picks. I just said, like, they, they could have addressed more needs, but they didn't. Yeah, I mean, they got some players that I, like, this Montez Sweat pick I thought was good if his heart condition's fine. Uh, I said Haskins, they had to take him at 15. Um, I could see them making a run for the wild card. I don't see them having the roster. Or, I mean, I don't expect Haskins or any quarterback in the Redskins for the first year to make a push. Um I think the Cowboys will – I'm going to go in the same order you did. I think I'm scared of the Cowboys this year. I think that 
that this team they they have they have all these guys uh, for a full year. I think they were kind of like like I said they took the division last year, even though Wentz was hurt and Foles came in late at the end. I just think this Cowboys team is this is the only like they're either rebuilding or they're gonna win the division again. Like this year, it depends. Like they're either gonna get rid of Dak after this year. Or and try to find somebody else and grab like a Tua or wait another year and uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I, I think the Cowboys could make another run at the division this year. And then Eagles, sure. Wentz is healthy, hopefully for a long time. Jordan Howard, I think, is really good if he can bump out like 900 yards, that'd be great. Miles Sanders supposedly looks promising. Deshaun Jackson, deep threat, sure. Like all these things are like, yeah, we got plugged in places, but to see this team actually come together, I'll be. Very happy. I am I am excited because they fit all the, they replaced all the parts they lost after the Super Bowl that 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 they need to succeed. And I agree. I they agree. actually I, have like the thing I didn't talk about, and I'm gonna try to keep the bias down to a minimum. They for the first time since like we had Samuel and Cromartie and all those dudes, we actually have a semi deep cornerback class. Yeah, Darby's our one. That's not even a question. But we also have Avante Maddox and Cravon LeBlanc, who both played out of their minds toward the end of the year and actually played great in the playoffs. Then you have um, Jalen Mills coming back. We'll see what he's got. And you also have Razul Douglas sitting there, who actually played really well towards the end of the season. So there's a lot of depth there at that position, which really we haven't had in a long time. Hoping that that's depth, though. Like, I mean, they're like they're always like a they're shaky. They're on and off. They're young. So like, this is their year now. Of like, all right, there's no more I mean, guys being young. You have to like Block and Max both ranked in the top twenty for uh, Pro Football Focus grades last year, which I thought was yeah. impressive. Especially I mean, the grades are whatever, but actual watching what they're doing on the fields also they get beat. Also, either way, Kevin, your turn. I think that. The Giants are going to be awful. I'm excited to see what Saquon can do, but I'm afraid that we're not going to see a lot of it because the Giants will be trailing a lot. I think the Redskins are going to also not be good. I think Dwayne Haskins could be a good quarterback, but I think he needs time to get acclimated to the league. I think it's going to come down to the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I think if Wentz can stay healthy, something that he struggles with, I think the Eagles will win the division. But I think right behind them, it's either going to be they have the same record and the Eagles just won their two games against them or, like, they're one game off from each other. I think the Cowboys are a terrifying team this year. Everything has to go well for them. Zeke can't disappear for games. And Dak Prescott has to throw for at least 250 yards a game, something he struggles with. But once Amari Cooper came to Dallas, that offense really started going a lot better than it had in the past. And I think like last year, Cooper had a thousand yards and seven touchdowns, but that was after playing six games with Oakland still, where he had 280 yards. I think that also some of those are skewed though. Like a lot, if you actually watch Cooper on film, it wasn't a lot of deep balls, a lot of broken tackles, which lends to the fact that the dude muscled up like crazy. But you watch that Redskins game, each of his three touchdowns were under 20 yards. He just broke tackles and ran. So if he oh, can yes. replicate that, sure. But I want I think the biggest thing, the way to beat the, the Cowboys is force Dak to throw it deep. He struggles with it. Yeah, they have to. But, I mean, if you go back to earlier in his career, though, he was still an extremely talented wide receiver. And then – as he went on in Oakland, they kind of started using him differently. He wasn't as good. But once he got to Dallas, we saw again that he could do that and take over games. And I think if he can revert back to his second year in the league, first year in the league, and just go off, that's a good thing for Dallas. And I think they could easily win the division if Zeke and Cooper are both on their A game. Also, Jared, I like you, I'd like to point out you saying that his ability to break tackles means he's not a good wide receiver. I did not say that. I literally meant the fact that like, we were talking about how like it was hindering him, but he literally like it more lends to the fact that uh, Dak threw a lot of under under like like slower passes, and it literally would just like allow him to get man on man. Brashad Breeland, you know, just airmailing two tackles that ended up killing them. But all right, well. <laughs> I think Cooper's going to be great. I think he's going to be a pro bowler and roll tide. Boom. Roll tide. I, just say it, I have to say it once an episode. It's in my contract. <laughs> just like me saying sub fellas. No, just fellas. 
I have to say it at least five times an episode. No, you just choose to say that, Jared. Either way. So is that, that wraps up the NFC, right? That wraps it up. Kevin, it's your stage, bud. Let's see what you got. So are we calling it my weird stuff in sports now? Yeah, weird stuff in sports. Or just weird, right. whatever you want to call it. Um, all right. Um, I'll just go with weird stuff then. So Charles Barkley was on Get Up the other day talking about Joel Embiid and Zion Williamson. And he was talking about how for those two guys to succeed, they need to lose weight. He did admit the fact that he was fat when he came in the league and Moses Malone told him he had to stop being lazy and lose weight. However, why is Charles Barkley telling anyone, like giving anyone advice on losing weight and telling them to? This man sat on a stationary bike during practice, eating a Big Mac, yelling at his teammates to try harder. Chuck, stop it. You you can't talk about how players are overweight when you were the epitome of an overweight player. And I know he's a Hall of Famer, and I know he was great. But just please stop. Just talk about something else, please. Also, I hate Auburn. <laughs> yeah, I love it fits that in. I, you know, it's so funny to me. Chuck is just a com- comedy skit with a Hall of Fame pedigree. Um, because that take was just terrible. Like, yeah, Zion's a monster, but like Joel Embiid is still skinny as shit, man. Like, I don't know what you want him to say. Like, if you really want to talk about like big man losing weight, Kevin Love went and did it. I mean, I don't know. Just, his career kind of went downhill after. Yeah, he chubby Kevin Love was an all star. Skinny Kevin LeBron made Kevin Love anorexic, and I can't do shit. I mean, Embiid's. I think it's not that they're actually fat. I think it's the problem is that they don't like like Embiid just eats the Big Macs and doesn't eat healthy. It just kind of goes out there, and that's why he's always looking sluggish. And then the Zion thing that like. You can say whatever the hell you want about Zion. When he can jump through the roof and can body people, like, who cares? Like, who, like let him be big. Because think about it. If he loses weight, that might lose part of his game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, The problem is, though, and I agree with Chuck to a point about Zion. Zion does need to lose some weight solely because his game is predicated on his ability to jump and dominate physically. And with how he plays, if he doesn't lose weight and get down to a manageable playing weight – he won't be able to make it through an 82-game season, and his career will be shortened by four years. Like it's, how, like, Blake Griffin said he had to change his game for the same reason. Yeah, like, and I think Zion does need to lose weight because you can't have an, a D-end out there playing power forward. Unless you Julius Peppers. Yeah. But he was a power forward who played D-end. That's okay. <laughs> That's better on your knees. Yeah. I think Zion's going to be just fine with this. And, if, like, think about it. Like, Zion's a competitor. He's not going to just let himself get overweight, in my opinion. I don't know. Have you ever had the food down there in New Orleans? Nolans? So good, man. Yeah, uh, I the five pleasure. pounds I went down there for, like, a four-day trip. Southern food's incredible. That's well, why Kevin's yeah. dropped so much weight since you got back up here. <laughs> yeah, that's, was... just called, that's just called graduating. Yeah, but... It was just, it's so good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I said, it's Zion. He's a freak of nature. I think he'll be all right. I don't think he's going to end up getting fat. Um, I, I agree with the message, but I disagree with who it came from. I think that's why he said it, now that I think about it. Chuck's like, you know what? If anybody's going to talk about people being fat, he it's He knows be what weird. he's talking about, but I I don't know. I just found it weird. It is very Because odd. when I was seeing that, like I said, the story of him sitting on a bike, eating a Big Mac, yelling at people came to mind. <laughs> like, you didn't really listen to people when they told you to lose weight. Why would they listen to you? you know, maybe he's, he's learned from his mistakes. Either way, I do agree. It's weird that fat people talk about other people that are fat. And we're not fat shaming, by the way. We're fat. What is it? We are fatronizing. Fat we're fatronizing. Fat right. anybody, anybody catch that? No? Okay. Sure. Fatronizing. I think it's funny. Patronizing. Fatronizing. Okay. All right. All right. Let's just continue because you know I'm, I'm, I thought I was funny, but maybe not. You're not. You just suck. leave the puns to me. Yeah. Leave the, leave the comedy relief to Kevin. That's literally his role here. I was doing finger guns while I said that. Or I, I, I could tell. <laughs> um. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, kick that smooth jazz. 
It's time for last call. Um, so basically, the MLB All Star deadline, ha- All Star game has passed. The deadline is in nine days, <clears throat> and all those preseason predictions of certain teams. I'm not going to call it a certain belly up co- co- uh, co-host of ours who went at my team like they were going to be hot garbage, but are in second place. Um, but it shows to why the MLB MLB makes no sense in the preseason. Um, who would have predicted that the the Twins would be in first or hanging around first place right now, or that it would be the the Nationals are still relevant even though they have nobody in their lineup, or the Giants have won twelve of their last thirteen. The Major League Baseball season, and this is, I think, one of the things that the league needs to embrace going forward. And we were t- we talked about this on Belly Up Sound Off a couple weeks ago, how to fix baseball. I think the first thing you need to do is go to more of an NFL-type model. There's such a regional brand. It needs to be about the team. Yes, they have superstars, but the problem is these superstars are in, in places forever. So embrace the team. Like, embrace, like, the Angels should make it their brand to be a like to be a certain like style of team it's about the angels about the halos like it should have a like a certain culture to it the phillies they should embrace the rough and tumble style of philadelphia you know the yankees they have a brand the red sox have a brand the dodgers even for somewhat as much as i hate them have a brand and if every team followed suit you'd see a lot more fandom towards the roster because right now you have one of the most interesting seasons going forward there is Everyone's saying, oh, it's the Dodgers World Series to lose. We say that every year. And then some other team comes in and just knocks them the hell out in the playoffs. And the Dodgers still haven't had their once-a-year collapsing streak, and then they catch themselves around September. So is it going to happen in September? Are they going to pull a Boston Red Sox and completely blow it? I don't know. But I think this is going to be one interesting finish going on to baseball. We actually hopefully will have our good friend Steve Peralt come back on later in the season to kind of break down as we go towards the wild, the pennant race, wildcard chase, and et cetera. But yeah, no, baseball has something unique that like a lot of NFL and college and NBA doesn't have. It's the fact that, you know, it's, all, it's the middle of the season, but we still have the deadline in nine days and teams that we thought were going to be sellers are going to be buyers and vice versa. So it's going to be really cool to see what happens in the next nine days. And also, by the way, shout out to the Cincinnati Reds for breaking out the sleeveless jerseys and the guys like Derek Dietrich, my dude, doing bicep curls in the dugout. Just That's just fun stuff. I love it. Fellas, anything else? No, baseball, I love the more, the closer that comes to the end of the season, not because like I love, like I'm a big baseball fan, just playoff baseball is just awesome, so I can't wait for that. I just want this Red Sox season to be over. Sorry, bud. <laughs> this makes me think of Zach Mack's article about the, the, the fall of Boston. Dude, I don't think anybody's more happy about the fall of Boston than Zach Mack. Well, I mean, it's just kind of tough to say, even though it does seem like it's approaching, but I just don't see it ever happening. I think... Uh... Who ever thought it'd be the St. Louis Blues who put an end to the Boston run? I mean, it was a game seven. Like I said, it, Boston will forever be Boston, so we'll see. Oh my, God. my lifetime, they have been at least. Yeah, but imagine, Mark, a world where Boston doesn't win a championship every year. It's a beautiful sight. Sounds one, like my one. own personal hell. <laughs> Wait, I thought that was your everyday life. No, I was just being a Philly fan other than the Phillies for the past 20 years before they won that World Series. All right. Well, that wraps it up. We are about at the hour mark. We'll be back next week to talk a little AFC. And once me and Kevin return from the vineyard, we will do our full-on NFL preview show. We're going to bring in David. We are going to bring in a couple other guys as well. We're just going to have a big on like panel about this kind of stuff. We're going to have some big stuff coming. So get so, ready for a lot of Bears talk. Oh, my God. I'm going to give him – he's allowed to talk to Bears for a max of two minutes. I'm going to actually mute his mic. So. <laughs> well, that's just that's just bad expectations because there's no way that you no, – nope, there ain't no way. I, I, I don't believe it. Call <laughs> your right. bluff. 
All right, Mark, Mark, we're putting money on this then. All right, there's no, you can't talk to David about it before unless he listens to this, but we'll see. All right, well, that about wraps it up. Of course, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and our Facebook page, which Kevin's worked moderately hard on. Um, and our Instagram, which me and Mark have worked moderately hard on. We are actually going to be doing more live stuff going forward, especially with the uh, NFL coming up. By the way, folks, we're going to announce this later in the season. Might as well do it now. We will all be doing like live little clips reacting to individual games on Sundays so you folks get your corner booth fixed before we come on with a Tuesday show after the Monday night game, of course. But that about wraps it up, and we will see you guys next week. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.